The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. I am Professor Snipe, and this is the Potterhood Podcast with Nico Wright and Will Poznan. You're here to enjoy the subtle science and exact art of podcasting. As there's a little foolish wand waving here, many of you will hardly believe this is magic. However, for those select few who possess the predisposition, enjoy the show. <laughs> Check, 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 check. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Potterhood Podcast, the quarantine edition. I'm Nico White. I'm Will Posnan. And this is episode what, Will? 19. Episode of the 19 of the quarantine edition. Family, how are y'all? I'm, uh, I'm pretty tired. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm doing good. I'm, it's been a... It's been a long week, like just in terms of hours awake. Uh, but yeah, we're we're doing good over here. Um, so uh, it's you know, I woke up. I thought it was Thursday, still Wednesday, but I'm gonna make it to Friday. I'm pretty confident. There you go. I hope I hope you make it there to Friday. Now, what's got you so tired, fam? Baby? Yeah, just the baby, just the baby, and uh, it's not like she's awake all the time. It's like. She wakes up right when I'm falling asleep at night and yeah. needs something, and then you go help her for 30 minutes. Then you can't go back to sleep for three hours, and then she wakes up again. Like, she times it perfect. Oh, that's amazing. That's just karma. That's all that is. <laughs> no, that's all it is. that is. I think that's all those stuff that your mom wished on you to have when you yeah. had a kid. You know that, right? Yeah, it's so funny. Like, the the parent your parent is a you can see that they're a little bit upset when the be when the baby's behaving too perfectly mm-hmm. they're like oh this is you're gonna give them the video game on easy mode like let it be as hard for them as it was for me yeah yeah especially if you were um like harsh to deal with were you really was well, i wasn't like a bad person as a kid but mm-hmm. i did a lot of goofy things like uh my mom's favorite story was uh, in kindergarten, the first time we ever did paper mache, they had all of the art projects hung up to dry. And I went into the teacher's closet, got a broom and yelled, it's pinata time and destroyed everybody's art projects. Oh, okay. All <laughs> right. You were that kid. Yeah, gotcha. but like, you know, pinatas are more fun than art. I, even as an adult, I, I ride with, with my decision. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah. I think I upgraded the, cause like, okay, paper mache, whatever you can, we could turn around and make more paper mache tomorrow, but how many pinata parties are we going to have in kindergarten? You're right, right, right. No, you, <laughs> I, I get you. You know what I'm saying? But before, before I finish, uh, get you just, let me get this right quick. One second, everybody. 
All right, cool. I just wanted to catch Max's uninterest on camera. <laughs> yeah, I mean, boy, Max, boy, I hate, I hate to bore you, bro. I, matter of fact, maybe you should just turn your screen off. I can't stand to look at such an uninterested face. <laughs> Max is a yo. If y'all can see Max, Max is so over this, dude. Matt, well, the thing is, Max is, you know, taking a master's class. And mm-hmm. when I was in, like, when I was in college, whenever I was in school and I had homework and that kind of shit, I never wanted to hear about people's stories with kids or anything yeah. to do with kids because I was like, well. You know, I'm studying. That's something like nobody. Your in, kid can't study. Yeah, that's true. Uh, nobody that's in school wants to hear about how hard anything else is because they're in school. School sucks yeah, yeah. in a different way than everything else. But a hundred percent. And, you know, Max does a lot of hard work for a lot, for a lot of people. So we just making fun of the homie. For, like y'all can't see the background. But it looks like he's in some sort of forest for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a lot of it's a lot of greenery, a lot of sage green material. Yeah, who chose that rug? Is this when you got decor, bro. That's how you know you in a relationship. Yeah. <laughs> Girlfriend chose that. Got no. real decor. Yeah, that is incredibly masculine taste. Not even like masculine, masculine, but mm. like thrift shopping with magical more masculine. Yep, 100%. Like, you went in for a Dragon Ball Z shirt, but found that and said, you know what? I, I could I throw that on something. Yeah. It's also if you're just, like, really into psychedelics. This is, like, the move. Yeah, that is right, the move right, right. that only fetches compliments from your drug dealers. Your drug yes. dealers love that rug. Nobody else in your life is like, oh, great rug. Yeah. Right when they, when they when they bring when they bring everything to you they go oh yeah now nah, you on you on love the you on love it on when you look at that I'm telling you when you look at that gonna, you want you want to think you seeing stars you gonna be talking to the constellations and whatnot yeah yeah you do psychedelics with that rug you're you're going to Middle Earth yeah. not that we condone such things on the Pilothood podcast I mean, but uh, check out our high cast you know what I'm saying Make do, sure we, do we not condone it I think. I think we skate pretty close to condoning some of it. We we do. We definitely do. And there's yeah. none of the stuff that can like kill you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so for just, sure. Just be careful out there. Uh I, I don't judge you no matter what you do, but don't don't be putting no yeah, meals don't get in yourself your arms killed. if you can avoid it. You know what I'm saying? Don't don't go popping no prescriptions if you can avoid it. But even if you do, we don't judge you at the pot of hood. Just wanna <laughs> make sure that you're alive to enjoy us. Okay? Yeah. Right? Agreed. Now, everybody, Max, unless you want to tell us what's going on with you, high school and everything, champ. Um, it's just started. Um, but I'm fine. I don't need to I don't need to get into my my stuff right now. <laughs> ugh. Uh, ugh. Did you hear that? Check out all his stuff on the MaxCast podcast. <laughs> yeah, there's the MaxCast podcast, new episode out this Friday. There the you first, go. The first episode was about the PowerPoint he saw yesterday <laughs> the three hour PowerPoint. and then the second episode was how the pot of hood gonna have to find a new uh producer soon watch this i'm just joshua all right y'all let's get started thank you for listening to us banter for a little bit well how what, what we doing this episode man you tell so me we you have, got a new idea so talk to me yeah so we have a fun gimmick i know both you guys are uh are anime experts so we're gonna be putting different uh, characters 
into various anime shows that they would fit into. And if okay. there's not an anime show, if it's something similar to it, that's fine too. But before that, I got a fun idea for who we're sorting today. Shoot. So we're going to be sorting three characters from the Harry Potter universe whose house isn't mentioned in the series. So we're going to try to guess what their house is, and then All we'll right. look on Pottermore at some point and see if we're right. And the first one of the three is Moaning Myrtle. Moaning Myrtle, okay. I'm, I'm gonna lead with this. I, Moaning Myrtle is annoying. She seems <laughs> virtuous. So for those reasons, I'm gonna put her in Hufflepuff because I don't think she was in Gryffindor. Otherwise, I feel like it would have been a much bigger story in Hogwarts, right? Yeah. Uh, Ravenclaw, she just doesn't seem, she doesn't seem stupid. You know what I mean? She's a victim of a crime. So I, I can't, I don't know, you know, she saw the basilisk's eyes and then she died. So that doesn't make you silly, right? They didn't know what the basilisk was. But when you see the character on screen and even when you hear her in the books, we read her character. Doesn't sound like she was the most like, doesn't sound like she was the sharpest knife in the drawer, right? Yeah. So that's why I don't think she was in Ravenclaw. I don't think she was in Gryffindor. I, she definitely wasn't in Slytherin. Voldemort wouldn't send somebody in Slytherin. Um, I'm going with Hufflepuff. I'm you going go with Hufflepuff? Hufflepuff. See, I think she should be a Slytherin in -hmm. terms of her character. I think she probably wasn't a Slytherin because of, like, she was, I think, half Muggle. Or I think that was part of it was that she had Muggle lineage. And at the time, Slytherin was so... You know, I wonder if even when Harry was there, if there were any out half Muggles or full Muggles in Slytherin, because I know Snape, obviously, probably the most famous Slytherin to have muggle lineage. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but yeah, I don't think, so I don't think she's Hufflepuff because I just don't think there's a lot of Hufflepuff ghosts. Mm-hmm. Because if you think about what a ghost is, it's somebody who doesn't trust like the process of dying so much that they want to stay and be a ghost. I think Hufflepuff ghosts are very rare. I think she was probably a Ravenclaw, but I think she should have been a Slytherin. And nah, dog, really? I don't. I don't know. I do not get. I do not get Ravenclaw energy from Moni Myrtle, bro. Not even a little bit. Okay. Not even a little bit. She's so dingy. She's, She's so, so what? Dingy, dingy, dingy. What do you mean by dingy? So dingy is a phrase that we use here in my house. It means like you know, uncouthed. You know what I'm saying? Like she'd walk into a wall if you gave her a chance. You Got know it. What I mean, so she does. She just doesn't seem that sharp. And everyone that's in Ravenclaw, if I'm remembering right, I'm thinking more like the Flitwicks and whatnot. They just seem like they're more up the stuff than that. I can see her being. If you say she came from Gryffindor, mm, yeah, no, no. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sticking Hufflepuff. I, I mean, I, she's she's not brave. The only thing she really uses her ghost powers to do is spy on young bathing boys. <laughs> right. I mean... I gotta love alliteration. That's all she does in the series, basically. She's a creep. creep. She is a creep, man. She's a creep. Like, there's probably so many Me Too cases against Moni Murder, but how, you gonna, <laughs> but how you gonna prosecute a ghost? They're like, you're not even a house ghost. What are you even still doing at Hogwarts? She's like... Well, right. Well, you I got, got killed no here. here. <laughs> yeah, I got killed here. I think I'm stay here. What did she do during the Battle of Hogwarts? Do we know? Did she do anything? 
I mean, she probably tried to like guide Draco into his death so that he would be a ghost too. <laughs> <laughs> so she could get laid in the uh, bathroom under some suds, huh? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think she probably writes like all like most of the Harry Draco stuff you see on the internet. She probably wrote that. Like, she's That's all Moan and Myrtle, huh? That. Yeah, I think so. Hilarious. Her title is uh, Myrtle's Moans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she invented the the uh, Wizarding World internet. They're like, we don't even really need this. It's just Wizarding, her. The Wizarding World wiki. It's just her making up facts that she wants to have be true. Her and so, Tom Riddle were in a hot uh, relationship when they were in uh, their yeah, fifth year. Yeah, she probably still has, like, that's probably part of it, too. I bet you he chose Moaning Myrtle. Oh, man, not to Victor Blade, but I bet you she was creeping on him like crazy. I bet you young Tom Hilarious. Riddle was like, I can't be seen around this muggle. <laughs> it, mm-hmm. I'm trying to be the king of Slytherin. This, like, muggle's creeping into my room. Like, it's like when Chris Brown had a stalker. And you're like, look, I can't really, I, I don't want to be, especially at that time, you don't want to be like defending Chris Brown. Like Chris Brown has a right to privacy right. in his own home. But it's like, hey man, this this lady keeps like showing up at his house and she's in his, his bedroom. Sometimes you got to put the snake on her. Sometimes <laughs> you got to put the snake on her. That's what you're saying. <laughs> we just having fun, y'all. Keep your angry letters. So uh, so yeah, I'm, let's see what uh, let's see what Moaning Myrtle is. I'm gonna let's look at Let's see what we up. got. But before we get the answer, Max, where you put Moaning Myrtle? My uh, I kind of agree with uh, what Nico was saying, but my instinct was originally uh, Ravenclaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think she kind of has that vibe. She kind of has like that nerdy vibe, and I wonder if just being like killed and turned into a ghost as like a child stunts you in some way. And changes your uh, your personality. Got you. But she was a very um, advanced child then because she's very creepy. Well, she's a, she was a seven. Oh wait, let me actually look this up. I think I she, was she was killed like, as a seventh year. Was she a seventh year? I'll find this out for sure. I thought she was way younger. Is she a, is she a real creep? She <laughs> got to be of a certain age, otherwise they wouldn't have those scenes of her like going into the tub with certain people and all that. Yeah. J.K. Rowling does a lot of things, but she's not a creep in that regard. Oh, well, maybe we're going to find out. (laughs) So she died at 14, so she would have been like a a fifth year, a fourth or fifth year. So, yeah, that is. Fifth year. Fair enough. Still very, uh, yeah, I guess that's around the time where all that stuff starts to turn on. Still, gee. I think she definitely did have her growth stunted by it. Like she does, she's not acting like a fifty-year-old. She's acting very no. much like, yep. like an uh, emboldened fourteen-year-old. But she was a yes. Ravenclaw, which is, uh, I mean, the 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 whole thing with her having the glasses and stuff—it's a little bit on the nose with like her looking how she looks, like kind of nerdy cliche, and then being a yeah. Ravenclaw. I don't think she uh, has. That's unfortunate. I mean, it's diff. I think to me. The house she makes the most sense in is Slytherin, but the only reason she wasn't was because of the uh, the muggle bias stuff, to me at least. So let me ask a question, because again, this goes into um, you know the stuff that I don't know about Harry Potter. 
So it was so bad at Slytherin that they didn't want people that were even muggle related to be in the house. Yeah, for sure. Um, at, wow. Especially when that, when like Snape and even before that, when Voldemort was there, yeah, they weren't. I mean, that house was founded on the idea. Well, it's actually, okay, so it's actually a little bit complicated, the history of Slytherins with muggles. Because um, I watched one of uh, the Carlin brothers videos on it. And uh, mm. when Slytherin was first founded, they didn't think that muggles should be allowed to be wizards and witches, but they were cool with wizards and muggles working together. Cause uh, King Arthur and Merlin, like Merlin mm. was a Slytherin. And when Merlin was around and that whole era, there was actually a lot of Slytherins that worked with Muggle Kings because it was an easy way to get power. You just align yourself with like a Muggle King and mm. then you're the second in command of a kingdom, you know? And then right, just take over. Later on, though, uh, especially whenever the, uh, the Ministry of Magic said that there had to be secrecy of the wizarding world, they weren't allowed to let themselves be known to the Muggle world. Then the Slytherins reverted and became very, very anti-Muggle. And mm -hmm. that was when it was like a huge taboo for wizards and muggles and witches and muggles to like get married, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So then they became, but the whole time Slytherin was founded on the idea that there shouldn't be muggles being taught magic. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Gotcha. See, I, I, I didn't know that. I thought that it was more of a, um, you know, just one of those things where it's like, well, we we hate them, so we don't want them to be a part of anything we're a part of. To know that, it, to now find out that it was more so, oh, well, we'll work with them, but we won't let them come to our schools. <laughs> it's a really odd social commentary that um, J.K. Rowling likes. Well, with Slytherins, it's just all about leverage. So it's kind of like if... Uh... Well, it's like if you, if your society has guns and stuff and the other people, they just got swords. Who's society? Got... This is America. We don't have guns here. Are you, have you gone mad? <laughs> yeah. Wait, what? They do? Uh, yeah. So oh, if, if you're, here, if you're like, and like maybe 400 years ago or whatever, and you guys have guns, but somebody else just has swords and stuff and you're like, we'll trade with them but we're not going to give them guns because we don't want them to be unequal status to us in terms of like military or whatever. It's like that same idea. Like that's how Slytherins used to be. And then when they became isolationist, it became oh, they were like, a, they were like America. There's, I mean, for sure. I would say America, if we haven't sorted America, America is straight up Slytherin right now. I mean, Slytherin a hundred percent. And it has been probably forever. I don't mm -hmm. know if America, maybe there were brief moments where America was a little bit more Gryffindor than it was Slytherin, but like now. America has, all, has been Slytherin since the Pilgrims got here. Yeah. But there's yeah, also yeah. a Gryffindor contingent. Like mm -hmm. Gryffindor is probably the second most prominent thing. Or would you say Hufflepuff? 
Um, for the, the undertone. I don't know. I think um, I think all four houses are very well represented, right? Uh, that's a hard question. I really have no ideas. Hold on. You go on. I would for sure say that Ravenclaw is fourth for America, though. Yo, yeah, that makes sense. Just that because sense. it's not even really Ravenclaw is only valued in America if it leads to money. Like people right. don't really care about. And even when it is, it's like, it's the most un-American ways that Ravenclaws represent. Like, you look at somebody that got rich in America, like a Mark Zuckerberg. Like, Mark Zuckerberg got rich by invading people's privacy, which to me is un-American. And you look at, like, Bill Gates got rich by selling computers, which are, like, a thing that kind of eroded the concept of like the american neighborhood i don't know i mean it's weird to well look, look, look at um it's exactly what you said you look at the people that got rich and you go back and you look at the um you know you look at the what they call the forefathers a lot of them sold you know contraband yeah yeah you know i'm saying it's a lot of illegalities or they'll tell you about these great historical figures and it's like yeah but they got their wealth from owning slaves so it's weird. America's a lot of things. America's Hufflepuff, Slytherin, Ravenclaw, Gryffindor, and um, Azkaban all at the same time, dog. <laughs> there's a, yeah, there's a lot of America that's just Azkaban. And a lot more than just like people would, people would identify. Like, I mean, yeah. I think like student loans are an aspect of Azkaban too. It's like, yeah, we're man. gonna, we're gonna you keep locking you. people up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, pre, you know, preventing growth and stuff like that. I got a question that I want to pose to the, um, you know, to the residents of the potterhood. Look, real quick, y'all, if you had, wherever you're from, whether it's your city, your country, your town, whatever, where would you sort it? Where would you, what house would you put your, your, your surroundings in? Send, send us that. Send us where you will put your uh, surroundings. So hit me up on Instagram at NicoWhite93 at N-E-K-O-W-H-I-T-E-9-3 on Instagram and let me know. Or hit Will Posnan up at W-I-L-L-P-O-Z-N-A-N on Instagram and let him know. All right? Yeah. I'm curious. That's a Keep good going, question. Will. No, that's yeah, a good man. question. Um, I wonder how they feel. Like how, if you live in Salt Lake City, I wonder how... Um, you feel about your surroundings if you live in canada and we get we actually get a good amount of people from canada to listen to us um yeah. i wonder how you guys feel if you over across the um, ocean somewhere wherever you might be i'm really curious so again send that to uh me and will let us know so uh, i forgot what what we were talking about right before this um, so right before this we were picking out which we were picking certain people that are already in the Harry Potter verse and we're going to sort them and then go on Pottermore to figure out if we were correct. Oh, yeah, yeah, So, uh, and we got Moaning Myrtle. She ended up being Ravenclaw, but I think, you know, she should have been a Slytherin. Um, that's, one, that's one point for Max Marcus, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, so let's, uh, let's go on to placing some of these characters from the show into mm-hmm. other or in, in the movies and the in the books into other shows and like see seeing where they would fit so uh gotcha let's do that so the first one i got on our list is remus lupin 
Okay. All right. So, damn it. All right. So, Remus Lupin, I would put Remus Lupin in Dragon Ball Z. I would introduce him very similarly to Vegeta. So, if you don't know the plot of Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Z is a show where the character, Son Goku, the main character, he's an alien. He comes from another planet, crash lands on Earth, forgets his memory. He was sent there originally to destroy the planet. Because he lost his memory, he forgot his mission. He was found by an elderly man named Gohan. Gohan adopted Goku as his grandfather, taught Goku martial arts, and Goku proceeded to grow up loving the place, loving his grandfather. And he ended up becoming a great martial artist and a great martial artist and the savior of the planet, right? Um, Vegeta, who is, um, you know, the kind of character that I'm going to place Lupin as, because Lupin's a good character, right? Definitely mm-hmm. a good guy, all the yeah. way. But because he gets turned into a werewolf, it makes him kind of hard to understand, because there's going to be times when you can't be around him, you know? There's going to be times where he's going to have to isolate. There's going to be times where he's going through shit that he probably can't put into, um, that he can't put into proper perspective because society is how it is. I think if we put him in Dragon Ball Z, I think the character actually does really, really well. Because in Dragon Ball Z, you have a lot of people of a lot of different races, and they all learn to understand each other. They all have to fight Goku at some point, so I could see him getting into some type of disagreement with Goku and getting beat up. But I see the two of them becoming really good friends, and I could see him being... um, alleviated of his werewolf troubles because in dragon ball z you had these seven orbs called dragon balls that if you collect them you can make a wish i could see lupin befriending goku balma and the gang and asking them to find the dragon ball so he could wish that he wasn't a werewolf anymore or at least wish that he could control it because i think they'd be the type of friends that would get him to a place where he'd be proud of being a werewolf but he would just want to be able to control it so he didn't hurt people yeah that and that is kind of what happens so to that's, him? That's where I'm putting I'm put him in Dragon Ball Z. And through like the Harry Potter series, he gets better control of being able to be a werewolf. It really is. I mean, it's a shame that uh, we lost that he, him. Yeah, yeah. He would have been an interesting character to see exist after the Wizarding Wars. Could Could you imagine the impact he would have had? Especially if, and again, I I don't know if they can even do this, but a controlled werewolf form. Like if he would have been able to control his transformation, if he worked that hard at it. And I think Lupin is the type that would have. Lupin was an exceptional wizard, though. You know what I'm saying? A lot a lot more so than, um, now that I think about it, a lot more so than um, Sirius was showing the beat. You know what For I'm sure. saying? So it's, a, it's, it's really a shame. But I think in a show like Dragon Ball Z, I think he could thrive. And I think he'd learn how to control his... Um, his thing. And he'd fit in. He wouldn't feel like an outcast because Goku can turn into a weird animal too. It's called the Ozaru, a giant, um, a giant ape. And Go- Goku, when he was younger, accidentally turned into this thing at the sight of a full moon, by the way. Mm. And he killed his grandfather accidentally. So I think him and um, Lupin would be fast friends and they'd learn to understand each other. Oh, that's great. That would have been a great fit. Not Goku killing his grandfather. That's very sad, but the fact that they would have been fast friends is a, uh, I mean, that that would make sense. Like they definitely would have been friends. And uh, I also think it would have been fun to see Lupin just killing it at life because if he survives the wizarding war, he basically, you know, does whatever he wants in terms of teaching at Hogwarts, or if he just wants to be like a special envoy in the new government to 
you know, werewolves and like other various people that are second class citizens in the wizarding world, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so he, you know, and then he exists in a world where like his whole problem, he would like self-sabotage because he had the low self-esteem thing. But if he doesn't have to deal with that, then his relationship with Tonks is better, all that stuff. Right. A hundred percent. And I think again, in Dragon Ball Z, you have a character named Bulma and she's a genius and like a trillionaire. So I think, and she gives money to her friends. Like the type of money that Bulma gives to her friends is the type of money that you would want your trillionaire friend to give you. Like she just <laughs> tell Go, she tells Goku shit like, "Yo, do this for me, and I'll just give you ten million dollars or Zenny. That's what they call it. <laughs> you know, Goku's made promises to people like, "Yo, if y'all come and do this, Bulma will give you like so much money." And Bulma's like, "I got it, but." Like, stop telling people that, though. <laughs> I get it. You saved the world. I get it. We we understand. But I, why am I giving Android 18 $19 million? For what? <laughs> it is so funny. Like, if it's not your money and it's like, and you can just, the person owes you a favor too, you're just choosing mm-hmm. amounts at random. You're not even thinking yeah. about it. Because <laughs> I, I feel like, yo, if I save the world, if I save the planet, I mean, y'all all kind of owe me something. What would you expect if you saved the planet? Like, let's say you blow up the asteroid, you get back to Earth. What do you ask for? Um, a blowjob from the best-looking woman <laughs> that's available. Um, okay. Next thing I'd ask for is free food forever. I would ask yeah. that um, we'd be legalized for me. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever um, inebriation of my choice. You can ask for everybody. For you don't have to ask for you. I get why the blowjob is just for you. F- <laughs> fuck y'all. Y'all didn't save the world, dog. I saved the world. So because I saved the world, nah, for me. I'm being selfish. <laughs> for me. For me. So for me, yeah. Get head when I get back. That's what I want when I get back. And after, after some good face, I really just want... um couple couple billion dollars you know what i'm saying i want taxes yeah. to be illegal for me um i want to be able to i want to get 40 acres and six mules and just let you be left alone i want all my information um <laughs> outside of my name and where you can send money to me i want all my other information erased you know what i'm saying social security number everything leave me the hell alone. yeah you got and your money a couple statues of you boy that's all you're, you're off the grid uh, you got a couple statues. You got a couple oh, billion God. dollars. Yeah. Special on the way, though. Special on the way. Yeah, that's going to be great. Special on the way. Oh, I'll tell, I'll tell you guys this. I recorded it on Monday. You are willing on Max know that. But uh, to the residents of the Potterhood, I recorded a special on Monday. And it was nerve-wrackingly beautiful. It was a whole lot of fun. I haven't done that much time in... Actually, I haven't done that much time ever. But, yeah, I hope when it comes out, you like it. It's going to be weird. It's going to be a little crazy. But uh, I hope y'all enjoy it. I never take risks like that. So, fuck it. That's dope. I think it's great, man. I think that, uh, you know, it's going to be a valuable thing to have out. Like, I hope so, though. You know how like- it is when you... Do something crazy and you go, you don't know how it's going to be received. That's my biggest nerve nervousness about it. Cause having an audience present, I get to know immediately how it went. Right. When it's just me, it's like, 
ah, now I'm like, I want to go back and like add the everything. I want to go back and like take some stuff out. It's all that weird stuff that the nerves do to you, but it's necessary. Well, like worst case scenario, it's like your infinite, you know, Eminem's infinite, the, uh, yeah, yeah. the album he made before he was famous. So mm-hmm. like, it's just so cool that that album exists, that there's a right. whole album of him kind of rapping in a different way than how he eventually learned to rap. You know what? Uh, this yes. is so uh, separate from Harry Potter, but you know, mm-hmm. there's like two songs that got released from when he was like 16 and rapping and mm-hmm. they are so, they're so funny and like, he's so embarrassed by them. They're so like, I'm they're, <laughs> they're bad, man. They're like, the point of view of one of them is he broke up with this girl and it's just oh, him shitting on you. Yeah. Have you heard of this? Oh, man. Because I think that's when he was, um, he was saying the N word and all that, right? He says it in one of them. Yeah, because the girl broke his heart really, really bad. He said it in the other one. He didn't say it in that one. Oh, okay. Uh, but Hold in on. that one, he basically, oh man, it's so fucking funny though. It's so bad, but it's so funny. Like, it's basically like a 16 year old kid being like, I should never have dated this black girl because she broke up with me and broke my heart for mm-hmm. a whole song. And then, he, but the funniest thing is his friends right there with him and his friends just like, on board with it and you're like why does this even exist it's just a weird thing that used to happen in the 90s well well, it's also like you gotta remember how were his friends uh supportive of this it's like how are his black friends supportive of this (laughs) you get you get what i'm saying like it's one of those things where people forget sometimes proximity and proximity means a lot to people you know what i'm saying you can't like eminem is um super white Right, super <laughs> white. But even though he's super white, he will probably fight you over this culture in a way that would shock you, because it gave it gave him everything. Mm-hmm. It gave him everything, and that's one of the um, we were talking about. And again, you know, this is so far off from Harry Potter, but I think I think it, it's meaningful. It's so crazy and immature of us as a society, especially, you know, considering what we claim to be. It's so ridiculous that we still get caught up in skin color shit that you miss such, like, that's beautiful, man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and Eminem is white, is like, he's as white as loose leaf with no lines on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but that dude was given everything by this very, very black art form. You look at his friends, you look at D12, dog. Those, that's his family. Yeah. So even like when I see people sometimes in, um, in hip hop tribe, like, oh, well, you know, fuck him, fuck him. And basically the reason is like, oh, fuck him, cause he's white. It's like, you gotta give Eminem a little bit more space than that. You know what I'm saying? Cause you're taking out a whole lot of context. Yeah. But anyhow. No, for sure. No, context is important. I mean, I, mean, I think like important, though. it's kind of like uh, you can, you know, he can embody some of the hip hop stuff with not without embodying all of it the same way that Jerry Seinfeld can embody some you, of the New York stuff without yeah. being a New Yorker. Right, 100%. And 
this is another thing that people need to get through their minds is that, no, you don't only have to embody some of it. Eminem is hip hop. Just like, guess what? Lil Wayne is rock music. Yeah. Lil Wayne is a rock artist too. You know what I'm saying? So we get caught up in such bullshit. The fact that Lil Richard isn't, there should be statues of that guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Lil Richard is rock and roll. Yeah. Fuck your, uh, who, who are these bands that they love so much? Give me like three that they love. Uh, Blink-182. Fuck them. Uh, Good Charlotte. Fuck them. <laughs> uh, Green Day. Fuck, Nirvana. Gr- fuck, gr- fuck Green Day. Fuck Yellow Knights. Fuck uh, Nirvana. <laughs> they don't exist without Little Richard. They don't exist without that. Yeah. Meanwhile, those people are um, in a uh, It's like in Harry Potter where you look at how famous Dumbledore was, but how Flitwick was only really respected. Even though Flitwick is a bad motherfucker. Would you rather be overpaid or underrated? That's the whole thing. It's like Dumbledore um, well, got I'm paid. Under, I'm underpaid and underrated, so I would prefer <laughs> to be. I would prefer to be respected and acknowledged. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'd I'd rather not have um, overpay. No, just pay me. Pay pay me handsomely. I'd rather have handsome pay in all of my respect. Well, you want $2 billion of blowjob and legal weed just for you. So I think yeah, you want to yeah, be yeah. compensated. That's, that's fair yes. compensation. Yes, Mr. Mr. White most certainly wants to be comp- comp- compensated. <laughs> I'm about to say confiscated. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I want to be confiscated, yo. I want to be confiscated. Ladies, if you're listening, I want to be confiscated. Somebody can take me. Shit. <laughs> Um, Single in a yeah. pandemic. This shit is trash. Who well, speaking of Dumbledore, so let's do Dumbledore next. Uh, oh, I, I ain't trying to be confiscated by Dumbledore. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> so what, uh, what show would you put Dumbledore in? Uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Okay. I put, I put Dumbledore as the uh, dad of Malcolm in the Middle, taking care of all these rambunctious, weird-ass kids. Oh, those kids <laughs> would be dead, man. <laughs> you know, just as, oh, yeah, because you know Dumbledore ain't going to give too much of a fuck. But no, Dumbledore. Being... Yeah. No, go ahead. Well, I cut you off, buddy. I was just gonna say Dumbledore. Would... Dumbledore A puts kids in situations where they're like in a trial by fire. Where yeah. Where they're it's just like survive. You know, learn and grow or or die. Those are the only yep. options. Or die. Presents kids, and then on top of that, uh, you know, Dumbledore has no interest in like fixing the social like the socio-emotional relationships of kids. Like, everything he does when he's mentoring Harry, like, all the mentoring mm-hmm. he does, he never once helps Harry out with his Hermione and Ron problem. Like, like Hermione right. a little bit, because I think that Dumbledore... Dumbledore is exactly like Slughorn in the respect of that he doesn't give a fuck about Ron. Like, Ron yeah, senses on it. Dumbledore only cares about the super talented the same way that Slughorn does. Mm-hmm. The only difference is that he's better at pinpointing supreme evil. So Dumbledore doesn't fuck with Tom Riddle. Slughorn did before he realized what Tom Riddle was. But, like, Dumbledore is probably more similar to Slughorn than any other character 
Like, what character is more similar to Dumbledore than Slughorn? It's funny that you ask that, dog, because I, I can't say that I know. I can't say that I know. You raise another great point. That's that's his guy. Will's on fire today, y'all. Matter of <laughs> fact, I want I want to have like a. We don't really drink anymore, but if you drink, have yourself a drinking game, or if you smoke, roll something. And when you start our episodes, just take a nice big deep inhale every time I cut Will off, and tell me how <laughs> high drunk or what, or if you eat chips, how fat you get by the end of every episode. I hope that they're smoking because I don't want people dying of alcohol poisoning. Yeah, or... right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that this podcast, it's probably a great experience if you're smoking the whole way yeah, through if, because if, like... If you smoke the whole way through, you're probably having a great time. Or if you just listen regularly, you're probably having a great time too. We don't want to exclude anybody. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Um, so Dumbledore, you got him and Malcolm in the middle. You got three dead kids on your hands. Three dead kids, one very um the wife probably won't be there. You know what I'm saying? Uh <laughs> the husband's still though. Husband's still there though. You know what I'm saying? Husband's still there. Uh well, damn. What what character would I make um Dumbledore though? Cause like it's funny to think of him as like the dad and Malcolm in the middle, but honestly, I don't know where I'd put him in that world, bro. I almost would put Dumbledore in that show Recess and make him play that uh, teacher <laughs> that had the uh, teacher or the principal that wore the yellow dress. Yeah. Yeah, whoever you that was. You more dead kids. You're just killing kids left and right. Hey, dog, Dumbledore does what he does, man. If Dumbledore out here killing kids is what he wanted to do, who am I to tell him not to? Dumbledore would have, if he was in Recess, he definitely mentors, like, the main kid, TJ, or whatever his name is, and leaves the weird-looking Kevin Spacey kid, that kid doesn't get any mentorship from Dumbledore. Hilarious. You don't think so? Not even a little bit? No, nah, I think that kid's, that kid's having to find another authority figure to glum onto. Yeah, man. I don't think Dumbledore is going to be that bad, though, man. In another, in another world, I don't think he'd be too bad. Okay, so let's go. What about Voldemort? Voldemort is one I have an answer for Voldemort. Okay, I will put Voldemort in Death Note. I, I don't know Voldemort. Death Note. So Death Note is an anime where this kid, he, um, he finds this notebook, right? It's called a Death Note. Whosever name you write in that book, they die, right? And he befriends death itself, the spirit of death. And, dog, that's Voldemort all the way. His name is Light, I think. And that's Voldemort all the way. It's that weird God complex. So, yeah, you have so much power, but you don't really know what to do with it. And there's certain complexities that you don't understand, like love, you know. And because you don't, it's going to make you, despite all your power, you're going to lose. Yeah. So, for those reasons, I'm... um, I'm put, I'm putting him in Death Note. And similar to the character in Death Note, there was somebody that came up that was um, just as good as he was, and he ended up having the... He ended up killing him, light. So the kid that was figuring out who the kid was that had the Death Note was just as smart, but smarter than the kid with the Death Note, similar to how Voldemort knows Dumbledore is way more dangerous. 
You know what I mean? So he found his equal. He was scared of him. That reminds me of Voldemort all the way. Tried to kill him with underhand tactics. So for that reason, Tom Riddle, if he had me putting an anime on another show, I'm putting him in Death Note. Okay. I like that. I, I like the parallel of being scared of the other character. Could you put mm-hmm. Dumbledore into that too and you just have Dumbledore, Voldemort? Yeah, Dumbledore. Yeah. Yeah, I will put um, Dumbledore into that as um, I want to say the character that Light was going against. I forget his name. Shit. Oh, well. That's my fuck up. My password has been updated. Oh, well, thank you, DocuSign. Y'all, if (laughs) y'all been listening for the last like five minutes, I've been trying. Yo, why does this shit keep saying it's invalid? What am I doing wrong? Right. Let me try this again. (laughs) Well, okay. So while you're while you're fixing your password, I would put Dumbledore. Or I would put Voldemort in. Uh, I would put him in Samurai Jack. I think you could just swap him in for Aku, and mm-hmm. this story basically works. Similarly. Ooh, very good. Yeah, very I think. Good. I think Samurai. I also like the idea of like Dumbledore or Voldemort should have been better equipped with a time turn. That is. You know what I would have done differently in uh, Cursed Child? I wouldn't have had any, like, Voldemort needing any help in terms mm-hmm. of, in terms of, like, being brought back to life. I would have just mm-hmm. had a thing where Voldemort realized he was going to lose at the Battle of Hogwarts, and he just mm-hmm. went back in time. Like, on some Aku shit, like, Voldemort just goes back in time and then Harry has to go it and fight him in a different era. Maybe it's like in the future and then Harry and I don't know. You know what? That This is like three-dimensional chess and I'm trying to play it on the fly. You ever mm-hmm. played three-dimensional chess? No, I've only ever played uh, chess in real life and then a couple times on what you call that shit. Like uh, online and shit. No, I've, yeah. I've, I played chess too, but you know three-dimensional chess with like the three boards? You ever seen that? I've seen it. I've never played it. Yeah, I've never played it either. I don't even know how to play it, but... Man, you need to get up to the city so you can play me. Yeah, you know Well, I'm we saying? can play a little stuff. online. We should play a little chess online. I don't want to play online. There's a chess forum in the village. Bring your punk ass up to the yeah. Bring wifey with you. To- I'll take you both to dinner. Come up here and take this hell in chess, dog. I'm tired of it. I'm going to push for it. I would love to. I would love we, to. I we love behind chess. on everything. Fam, we behind on chess. Pop, to the uh, people that live in the pot of hood, we behind on a high cast. Y'all, we we would have been three high casts in, but Mr. Posman, uh, I, <laughs> I have a wife and a, and a family. I can't get away from New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's exactly what I sounded like, too. Yo, y'all Man. still... Y'all said Wilson Freedom, okay? No, Somebody don't send Wilson Freedom. You know or Nanny. Shit. Yeah, send it. You know, if you're if you're on if you go on my Instagram, you can figure out my wife's Instagram on there and just message her that I need to go into New York. Just <laughs> be like, look, it's about the content, and also I heard he has to lose a chess. Right, and look, look, and then when y'all come back after that, after his wife gives you that virtual black eye, tell, let me know how it went, okay? I mean, lose a chest, what is that slang for? <laughs> <laughs> I know that I don't want to hear about you needing to lose a chest from any more strangers. <laughs> That's so funny. But you know what's, fun- what's funny? 
For real though, you might win. I haven't played in so long, man. I was good at chess at one point. Yeah, you might. I'm telling you, you might win. I I am not half as good as I talk like I am. So I mean, it would be fun. You know, I uh, I would love to do that too, like a um, wizard chess thing when we connect. Whenever the fuck outside opens back up or inside yeah. opens. Can, you think uh, comedy clubs are going to open back up soon? Um, I think it's going to take some convincing. Well, comedy clubs are already opening back up in everywhere else except New York City. Governor Cuomo has a stick up his ass because he finished. Um, you know, after you kill 10,000 elderly, you have this thing about yourself where hmm. because we're in New York and New Yorkers handled, handled everything correctly. New Yorkers did, not our governorship. Because New Yorkers handled everything correctly, our governor now is sitting in this space as if he's a hero. Forgetting the fact that because of his actions, he killed so many of our elderly here. Because the man sent back people that had COVID-19, he sent them back through nursing homes. Now, that's completely undermining the fact that they're the people most at risk. He directly killed so many elderly. But yet he now acts as if he's a hero. And my problem isn't that he's being precautious. It's not my problem. My problem is, is how he's speaking on my art form. That's my fucking problem. When this motherfucker says the words, oh, how essential is a comedy club? Bitch, how essential is your brother? How essential mm-hmm. is that? You know what I'm saying? Don't play with me. Don't, 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 don't play with the thing that um, we do. Because then once, once again, right? And again, I know this one got shit to do with Harry Potter, but <laughs> for the record, how dare you say... How essential, how essential is people's livelihoods, you fucking daft weirdo? You can kill a whole bunch of old people, but I'm not going to sit here as you kill my art form with your dumbass words like that, dog. How essential are we? This is how essential we are. That to this day, there's people lining up in fucking parks in the cold to see comedians who aren't famous. That's how essential we are. We're so essential that we keep people from losing their fucking minds while you and de Blasio talk about good news as if people are still dying. That, you scared bitch. You weren't scared to send all those people back to nursing homes, killing everybody's fucking grandparents, killing all the home health aides that put their lives on the line. So many people still haven't got hazard pay in this city. And you're the governor. Suck my dick. Yeah. And no, let's move on. And I'm and we ain't editing none of that shit out. No, no let me just say I agree before we move yeah, yeah. on. I nah, agree hundred percent. Bro, the dude has been acting like he's some form of some sort of hero and he murdered people. Dude, he's I not mean, that far off from Trump, bro. Like let's, it, let's let's keep it all the way real. I mean, how's it ethical for him to be the governor? I mean, the reason he's not worried about criticism is because his brother's on the news, like they have yes. like a horizontal monopoly in terms of like, you know, most people aren't getting their news from newspapers or the art. they're getting it from the TV and yes. his brother's on TV going, he did a great job. Like all he, ah. they're doing is just faking confidence. He really is doing like the Trump type. It's, it's propaganda. It's all wrestling. And the fact of the matter is the man killed thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon more thousands of our most vulnerable population through decisions that he made. And that's not even considering 
all the home health aides that got sick, got their families sick, they died, their families died because of your own negligence, Governor Andrew Cuomo. And you going to sit here and talk about how essential are comedy clubs? How essential are people to keep the psyche within this crumbling ass city alive? Well, Don't the thing I also didn't like, like that, dog. I really didn't. That's the part that pissed me off when he said, how essential, bitch? What? I mean, you know what? You know what? Another problem is like the comedians uh, at the top who are his peers in like public stature. Mm-hmm. You know, like Jerry Seinfeld was real quick to get in a beef with an unknown comedy club owner, but like that's the thing I didn't like too. Is like Jerry Seinfeld's going and doing a charity event with Chuck Schumer, like. He's basically like kissing the ring of Chuck Schumer to ask nicely for the clubs to be, for them to consider reopening the clubs. And here's the thing, here's the thing. And again, somebody took a nice long drag on whatever the fuck they had. <laughs> if I'm gonna interrupt the fuck out Bro, the shit makes me angry. Because it's yeah. like, okay, you wanna open up other shit. Let's talk about density. When the outside restaurants was open in the village, it was dense as fuck. You could barely get down the block. You could barely get down the block with so many people at all the restaurants and the numbers ain't going up. What's more congested than the protest, dog? You tell yeah. me. It's not like the comedy clubs would be selling fucking drinks either. They'd just be selling tickets. You take a room as big as Caroline's and seats 350. You can't put 60 people in there? Yeah. So yeah, these people get back to some type of fucking work. How long do you expect them to be afraid? And the thing is, they aren't. You're playing this game as if, as if you want to run for president. If you want to run for president, my nigga, run for president. But don't play that shit like, oh, you better not run most, for president. I mean, he's like we're the most at risk because he said um, because of density. Okay, dog, you might be right, but aren't we at twenty five percent as far as um, capacity is concerned? Anyway. So what's the problem? Comedy clubs yeah. all have surveillance ca- cameras. It's as easy as you go in or starting a review board and going, okay. Some of these clubs want- were at 25% before the pandemic. That's my point. There's some clubs that were getting in 10 people before the shit started. So what are you yeah. talking about? But when you go, how essential is a comedy club or how essential is a comedy show? It's so essential. It's one of the few things that are keeping people from blowing this bitch up. You charging people thir- people paying three thousand dollars to live in studios, dog, mm-hmm. in this punk ass city. No, nah, I mean the, a and lot you of kill all of the elderly and then come back and tell us people who are actually trying to do a thing safely. Yeah, mandate masks. You can't sell drinks. What more do you do? You fucking need. I mean, when people were talking about what a great job he did, I was not understanding what he did differently than he, like. Giuliani during 9-11, where it's like, okay, so we got this Italian-American leader guy expressing supreme confidence, but what is he doing? And Let me people tell you something. Were, yeah. Let me tell you something about this um, hero that we have. First of all, this hero, I, I live in government housing, right? This hero has effectively blocked so much money from coming into these places. There's so many repairs that can't happen because of this guy. There's so many things that should have been in place for pandemics in New York City that weren't in place because of our great government. 
I mean, he did so, the same stuff with public schools too. When I was working in public schools, like he was, mm-hmm. he would champion charter schools and then do little things that sabotage public schools. I can go into and, that on another podcast. Yeah. Oh fuck that! This is our podcast, and we're gonna go into it while we're sitting here. All right, because well, we got time, thing. and he talking about our he talking about our shit now, so we get to talk about his. <laughs> so yeah, go, well, go ahead, go ahead, Will. Let's start this fire. Okay. Let's burn the whole shit down. Well, the basic thing he did with public schools and charter schools is he made it so that charter schools could discharge their worst behaved kids to public schools. And Mm -hmm. then he evaluated the two as though they were the exact same thing where it's like, how are they the same thing? If you're making sure that all of the kids who have like no support at home, and then also Mm -hmm. the charter schools would vacuum out the best students. So the charter schools had just a way more desirable student population, quote unquote, and then they're Mm -hmm. being evaluated the same way. Well, again, do you, do you, do you, um, and when I say do you, I'm not talking to Will. I'm talking to everybody within the sound of my voice. Do you and Cuomo. Because if he has a dog, fuck his dog. His dog should his dog. that you're saying your dog gets the smoke. This guy, this guy doesn't really give a fuck. He doesn't really give a fuck, evident by all the shit he didn't do before this. Just like Rudy Giuliani, his biggest credit will be I was present as New Yorkers did right. That's what it is. The people that are supposed to get credit don't get credit. New Yorkers during 9-11, I was here. I was eight. You understand me? We did everything here. Not fucking Giuliani. We came together. It was the firefighters that went out and pulled people from the rubble of that, um, of that building. It was the the uh it was the ambulances it was the police officers it was the civilians that volunteered it was the civilians that kept each other up during that time so again what are we giving credit for here did his are we saying that because he said oh well you know everybody you got to stay home and all that shit yeah obviously asshole we did all of those things Because at any point, and still to this day, if at any point, New Yorkers decide to go, you know what? Fuck all this. We all going outside. We all going outside. It's something we could all do. New Yorkers follow the rules. If New Yorkers didn't decide to follow the rules for the love that we have for one another, then everybody would be sick. But that's not the case. But claiming that this guy is a hero, Andrew Cuomo, after all those elderly got killed, because of what he did after all of the shit that should have been in place, but wasn't because of his actions, what you hear about the public schools, what I'm telling you about government housing, dude, don't give a fuck. He meets every form of opposition, rightful opposition with this energy. Ah, oh, well, how essential it, what? What? <laughs> and you might hear this and think, oh, well, Nico, because it's your profession, you goddamn. Because it's not just my profession. These people that own these clubs, these people that work at these clubs, they have families, fam. So when you say that they're not essential, what are you saying about their family? Fucking, I would never vote for Andrew Cuomo, ever. I never would have voted for Andrew Cuomo before this, after this. I'm not doing it. I was never a fan. So again, when you go, how essential is a profession? that impacts some of the, not some of, but impacts all of the greatest people that I know personally, as if they don't matter, suck my dick. (laughs) 
And you know, I just and like that's that. the most disrespectful shit that I can say to somebody. But when you say that, how essential, how essential is the lifeblood? How essential is the thing that made? It's the reason I can support my fucking family. How essential is that? You short bitch. <laughs> no, because you should have seen how his brother I mean, got when, when they made the um, when they said what they said about um his brother on um some show. His well, brother I just hope was Max right wasn't fact. listening to. I hope Max wasn't listening to that part. What part? <laughs> you just yelled, "You short bitch!" Oh, I'm, I'm not. Ta- I'm not talking to Max. Max, is I know. The I just giant. Max is the biggest giant here. I'm talking angrily at our governor because he doesn't seem to understand how serious his words are when he speaks on topics like this. Every comedian isn't fucking Seinfeld. Every comedian isn't Amy Schumer or the people that you're used to hanging with at your lush parties. Okay. Yeah. And there's I'm, too I'm many people. Them, man. I mean, I'm got, just. I'm, I'm not. Like, I'm not sick of them. They're trying. Motherfuckers I don't know, man. Like, why are they handling the shit, like, diplomatically? They're fucking comedians. You think, like, Richard Pryor or fucking Carlin will go, okay, well, let's have a backroom dinner and try to talk this but out. You, like, you're but a you know what? Comedian. You know what? That might be the thing that they have to do, right? I think um, I, I get what you're saying as far as, like, the kissing the ring and all that. You don't like to see that. I get that. But – you got to be in. You got to be able to get closer to these people, right? Because now, let's say, let's say, as we sit here, we do this podcast, right? And let's say Seinfeld and Schumer, they don't talk to um the governorship or what have you. If you don't have them talking to him, then the only the only stimulus he gets is um. Let's say if it's this podcast, let's Not say if he ether gets, him. Why can't Seinfeld or Rock like? Why can't Rock just fucking ether him? But again, how does that help? Because if they do that, right, if they go the route that I'm going right now, because I'm responding, yeah. right? I'm responding to what he said about how essential is a comedy club. Now, you can tell by my response, I'm not pleased, right? If you get that, if that's the first, um, if that's the first stimulus you get when asked a question or asked to do something, your response is going to be, well, fuck them and everyone that love them, right? So that could create a problem for the art form. We'd rather not have that. You know what I mean? I don't so know. So because man. you might be, you might, and look, who knows? You might even be right. But I'm saying. I just saying, look at it like Seinfeld's, you know, made a habit this quarantine. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. there's like the whole Eminem ly- lyric of like, I'm going to kill these ants with a sledgehammer. And there's mm-hmm. people that are wired that way. But then when they see another person with the sledgehammer, they drop their hammer and they're like, well, can we resolve this amicably? And that True. makes me sick. It's like, if you're I, killing I, ants with a sledgehammer, go kill that guy with a sledgehammer, too. I, I get what you mean. And by the way, just let me clear this up for the, any, just in case there's any overreactors. What Will is <laughs> saying is that when you have two people of similar stature talking about, okay, you see how famous Seinfeld is versus how big, hold on, wait. Will, explain yourself for a second. <laughs> that's, that's, the, uh, that's the career police calling and they're like, Nico, you, you just got to expel yourself from this situation. No, but I think that, so if Seinfeld and Rock and all these people are going to be like, hey, if anybody else tries to talk about this New York comedy scene, just know we're the experts. I mean, Rock didn't do this. I'm putting, this is not on Rock at all, but I just think his skill set lends himself to resolving this situation, especially like his, his like throwback skill set. So 
Seinfeld, if he's going to go, hey, this is how the New York scene it, this is what New York's all about, then when some person who's a little bit, you know, has a little bit more stature, when he all of a sudden, it, I mean, this is a little hard on Seinfeld. It's some Voldemort shit, man. It's like how Voldemort will fucking go at Neville Longbottom. I know and, what you mean. And See? whoop his ass in front of everybody. But then right. Dumbledore shows up. And you ready and to run. It's like, let's fight a different day. I, I, get, I can't fight I all the battles. Mean. I get what you mean. I get man, what you fuck mean. Seinfeld. I get what you mean 100%. <laughs> I'm not with you on the fuck Seinfeld thing. I'm only because I'm, I'm, all com- I'm pro comedian at the end of the day. Right? I love the so, documentaries. I love the show. I mean, his stand-up's overrated, but it's good still. No, I can't. Nope, I can't go with you on that one, bro. His, I disagree. His stand-up's good, but some people act like he's the best guy of that era. He he's not the best is, guy of that era. He is the god of the way that he does his thing, and mm. he did it. It doesn't matter what you think when it comes to certain things, right? We don't have – Bellatrix didn't think Dumbledore was a great wizard, Right. Like Snape yeah. said, Dumbledore is a great wizard and only a fool would question it, right? You don't got to think that it's the best thing since sliced bread, right? That's fine. But What's his style, though? You're saying, this, like, observational. I, I got you. I got you right now. No, 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 no. The cadence, when, when something can become hack because so many people have done it so much, the originator is to be expected is to be respected. Now, I'm not saying that he originated his style. I'm sure there's plenty of New York comedians, especially that came up around him, that spoke like that. It so happens that he's the most successful by far, right? So... Of that style of New York Of that style, 100%. But he's the quintessential New York comedian, right? Per per that style. And that time. Per that style. Well, not of that time. Because Def- definitely for that style of that time, who's close? Oh, for the style. Well, if you're just going of that region, Eddie Murphy's same time period, Eddie Murphy was a better comic. Yeah, but that's shit. Eddie Murphy better than everybody. You know what I'm saying? We ain't talking yeah. about that. I'm saying the man is, again, it's, it's Dumbledore, bro. You can't knock the fact you don't got to like it. You don't got to like it. But <laughs> I am man, Bellatrix in this the man. Bit. The man is great. You don't get to where he is. You don't get to sustain what he's sustained by being a fluke. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying he's a fluke. Okay. I just, people act like he's like the LeBron of that era, but his peer group includes Brian Regan. It includes Bernie Mac. It just includes guys who are objectively better than him at standup. Eddie Murphy. But again, if you name, if you can name 20 people that are better than him, that still makes him 21. Out of how many? You know what I mean? That's still the top 1%. So you don't got to like it. You can't take away the fact that in his field, in his lane, he got there. You can't pull that away from him. But as far as this thing is concerned, I feel you. I think the reason that they're trying to go about it this way is because the clubs need help. And he probably feels that he probably feels like what you said earlier, when him and the guys stand up in New York had that back and forth and one of the guys who stand up in New York was like, Well, you know, you don't you don't do but so much to help, you know, us out. This is probably his way of trying to help out. And sometimes you can only do the things that make sense to you. Just That's like fair. I'm doing the thing that makes sense to me. I'm sitting on this podcast 
I wish I could talk to Andrew Cuomo. I wouldn't talk to him the way that I'm speaking to him now on this podcast, but just to give certain training on how you should execute your words when you're talking about people that not only matter, but you're talking about their livelihoods, dog. Don't ever let those words escape your mouth again when you're talking about great human beings that want to do something great for the city that you are supposed to be a part of as far as the governorship and all that shit. Don't talk about, oh, how essential it is. Don't, don't do that, man. Don't do that. Because you talk about a lot of people, you're talking about some shit that you truly don't understand and you haven't put in the time, you haven't put in the effort, you don't care enough about that side of shit and it's evident by how you speak upon it. When you said that, when you ask how essential is a comedy show, it's a comedy club, and I have people in my inbox literally begging, begging for me to let me let them know when's the next time they can see me in a fucking park as it's chilly outside. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So give people the option. It's not like you would open the clubs at 100% fucking capacity anyway. Open the clubs at 25% capacity like you're opening the restaurants. They don't have to sell drinks. Let them sell tickets. Mandate the mask inside. We'll kill every front row. What I mean by that is the front row would be non-existent. Yeah. All right? No, there's a way to do it for sure. There's definitely a way to do it. There's definitely a way to do it, and it's getting done. If you want to take it to a new level, then how about you want to hire some New Yorkers, get motherfuckers back to work? Well, how about this? You start up an entertainment, um, you start up something for entertainment in general, right? You, ha- you start having people go to places and find out capacity. What's the occupancy in this place? How many people can it hold? Okay, 25% of that would be this, right? Or 30% of it would be this. And then... Go through the numbers. See if our numbers go up. You like contact tracing so much, you can make it a lot until we figure out whatever the fuck. Hey, if you go to an entertainment place, blah, 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 we got to get your information just so we can contact you in case somebody here had the virus or whatever. Right? The hospitals have space and all that shit. But don't ever fix your lips to say, "Our, our profession isn't essential. You short bitch. There's too much you don't understand about our profession. All right? Don't ever, yeah. don't ever speak on our art form like that again. You know what I'm saying? Don't speak on it, but don't ever speak on it like that again. How essential is a comedy show? How essential is it to listen to your, listen to your depressing ass <laughs> every day as you sit there with the attitude of an old woman who doesn't want to learn anything new? You're just right. You're not just right. You killed too many people directly because of your actions to sit on this soapbox, dog. And we've done too much in this city to keep each other safe. And they have shit to do with you. Yeah. Sorry. No, Sorry. I, I'm. I'm glad that's. I'm glad that's in. Let's uh, let's put uh the big three into different shows and then uh, sort our last two people. Let's do that, bro. Let's try to wrap up by three oh uh three oh three too, because I got to get down. Cool. To, uh, All right. Eight. Let's start with Hermione. I got Hermione. I would put her in the Powerpuff Girls. Ah, good, good. Wow. Because I I just think it'd be good for her to have female friends. I think that she needs, like, women of her stature. I think it Mm -hmm. would push her to a new level, and I think she would actually vibe with them. Like, her whole thing is she needs to respect the people around her, and this would facilitate Mm -hmm. that. 
Her and Blossom would hate each other because Blossom's smart too. So that would be on. Uh, they'd fight a lot. Her and Bubbles would get along great. Buttercup would probably. Her and Buttercup would probably. Um, Buttercup would probably have Hermione changing her ways and acting different. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> you know how you always had that one friend that you're different around that you emulate. I think Buttercup would have been uh, that. Okay, I would put um I would put Hermione in Sailor Moon. That's a Japanese anime. Yeah, and. All po- all very powerful women. They were um, they broke a lot of records. That anime, as a matter of fact. So anyone here, if you're interested in like good cartoons or Japanese cartoons in general, or if you're into um, like more feministic ideas, you know what I'm saying. I don't know if that's the word, but I mean like where feminism is kind of at the forefront, and you're looking at a cast of powerful women that aren't dumb. You should check out Sailor Moon. You really, in general, you should check out Sailor Moon, but you should check out Sailor Moon. Ron wouldn't be able to handle Hermione being friends with Tuxedo Max, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, definitely, <laughs> not, not, definitely not. But Ron would have to get over it before he got his ass whooped. <laughs> <laughs> so, where would you put Ron? I, I, th- I have a couple ideas for where I'd put Ron. I'd put Ron on like Beavis and Butthead just to see how he, re- how he um, reacts. But um, honestly, I would put Ron in One Piece. I will put Ron in One Piece because One Piece is a very long journey, and I feel like Ron needs that. You know what I'm saying? One Piece is a 20-year-long journey so far to where every character really gets to know themselves, and I feel like that's the one thing Ron Weasley never got to do. He never got a chance to really learn himself and get in touch with who he is. So for that reason, One Piece. What would you put him? I'd put him at Cowboy Bebop. I think Smart that, man. Uh, he would just enjoy the vibe of that group. I think going on missions is good for Ron, Like, Mm -hmm. it reminds him, like, Ron seeing the people around him be loyal to him is Mm -hmm. the best way for him to trust people. Mm -hmm. And through that mutual loyalty, he would open up, similar to how he did with Harry. And the other good thing about Cowboy Bebop is uh, he would, I think, get a little bit more leadership opportunity Mm -hmm. because you don't have, like, the Hermione and the Harry type. Harry to stunt the growth, yep. And then, but the one thing I think about him in Cowboy Bebop, like Ron is a very funny complainer and Cowboy Bebop has a lot of characters like that. So yeah. I think they would appreciate Ron for that. But I think at some point he would like complain about the music and break the third wall. And they'd Hilarious. be like, what do you, what do you even do? And you're just complaining to complain at this point. I just, um, I, w- I wish Ron had um, more audacity, you know what I'm saying? Had more confidence. You know what I mean? And I think like a good long story would be perfect to let him come out of that shell a little bit. Because, again, the cursed child, and it's like, damn, they killed the man. Let's do Harry yeah. quick, because I do got to run. I mean, I could put Harry and Samurai Jack as, as Harry Jack. Samurai Jack. That, I, I think could, that works. I would put Harry in a – you know what's funny? I would want to put Harry in Family Matters, the sitcom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just so he – and I would put him as um, – Eddie's character. Because again, Harry's one of those people that has to learn. Harry's one of those people that should date. You know what I'm saying? See different types of women before you just pick the one that you're going to stay with, especially after his past. So I would want him to be around more people with um, bigger energies and bigger personalities that if he doesn't master who he is, those personalities will just outshadow him. You know what I mean? I think Harry needed a little bit of that. His presence was so big in the Harry Potter world that he never had to really doubt anything except am I like Voldemort or not? You know? Yeah. 
Harry and would I be th- good as like a fringe character in something too. Yeah, man. And should even um even Daniel Radcliffe is an actor. You know, I think I would love to see him in more comedic kind of roles. I would love to do something alongside Daniel Radcliffe. I know I'm not half the star I need to be yet to do so, but uh as far as Daniel Radcliffe um in general, I would love to see him in more comedic roles. And matter of fact, I have a great idea for that. So Daniel Radcliffe, if you're listening, um holla at your boy. Reach out to me on Instagram at Nico White93. Or we're gonna figure out who your agent is and I wanna pitch you an idea. That's a dream thing, but you know. Who knows? Yeah. I'm sure. Let's sort our last person and get out this bitch. All right. So we're sorting. Uh, so who? What house do you think that Ludo Bagman and Barty Crouch Senior are in? Because we know Barty Crouch Junior, Slytherin, but Barty Crouch Senior, uh, yeah. very disgruntled Gryffindor, and the other person, no idea. I don't even remember who that. Ludo is. Bagman's the gambling addict guy. Oh, uh, Gryffindor. Okay. <laughs> All right. I got. For Ludo or for Barty Crouch Senior, I think he's like uh, a Hufflepuff, or just because he's regular. not he's not like exceptional. Like his skill is that he's willing to work harder than everybody, and yeah. uh, and he's not like he doesn't try to take shortcuts by like trying to get in with people and that kind of stuff. Um, and then for Ludo Bagman, I think he's a Ravenclaw, but he's like an inverted Ravenclaw. The way Pettigrew is in inverted Gryffindor. Um, I'm looking up now. They don't have a house listed for him. So if people are listening, let us know if you can find out what house he was in. I'm really curious what house. You can find Barty out Crouch what in. house he was in. We'll FedEx you a box of Birdie Bots every flavor of beans. <laughs> and then uh, Ludo Bagman. Let's see if they have his house listed. Mm-hmm. They, hmm. Let's, uh, here, wrap it up, wrap up, uh, start the wrap up, and I'll see if I can find it. All right, let's see. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for listening to episode 19 of the quarantine series of the Potterhood podcast. You can find us on social media. Max, where can they find you, buddy? They can find me on all social media at Max Marcus Comedy and my new podcast, The Max Cast. Make sure y'all check out The Max Cast. Get that five stars on Apple Music. Tell them the pot of hood sent you. Will Posnan, where can they find you? You can find me at Will Posnan. And I found uh, one, per- one site that said that Ludo Bagman was a Gryffindor and Barty Crouch Sr. was the Slytherin. So maybe it's true. Whoa. Okay. Inverse. Got it. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find me on Instagram at NicoWhite93. That's at N-E-K-O-W-H-I-T-E-9-3 on Instagram. Check out my album. It's called Marcellus, M-A-R-S-C-E-L-L-U-S. And soon, 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 I'm going to be putting out a little comedy special and then a comedy album. Um, yeah, I, I think I have a title for it. I think I'm going to call it Dark Outside. Um... And I'm excited and super nervous for it. I hope you fucking like it. And I think that's it. So, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to the Potterhood Podcast. I'm Nico White. I'm Will Posnan. On the count of three. One, two, three. Mischief Mischief Managed. managed.
think we got it. Brother, thank you. Max, thank you. If you listen to the Potterhood, thank you. Y'all stay safe. And we going, we look, y'all, I'm only saying this so we can stick to it. We going up to four episodes a goddamn month. That's one a week. You hear me? You hear me? <laughs> All right. Now that you heard me, we'll talk to y'all later. All love.